Welcome to The Sunday Soother, a podcast, newsletter, and community about authentic living and compassionate personal development. I'm your host, Katherine Andrews, a life coach, online teacher, and writer focused on self-reflection, mindfulness, and how to create meaning in our everyday lives in practical ways. Join me weekly for conversations about personal growth, spirituality, self-discovery, and self-care, and how we can navigate this messy world with hope and humanity. Hey, everybody, it's Catherine, and welcome back to the Sunday Soother podcast. I'm so excited today to present with you to present to you an interview with Missy Toyoseus, who is an energy intuitive and transformation coach. Missy is amazing. And I uh, discovered her probably six to nine months or so ago through a different podcast, and started attending her small group energy healing sessions, which have been very powerful for me. So today I talked to Missy about the concept of energy. Um, what the hell is it? <laughs> Why is it important for highly sensitive people and empaths in particular? How can we begin to work with our energy, clear our energy, uh, ground our energy, protect our energy, right? Um, whether or not you believe in energy as a spiritual concept, or you just kind of understand it practically, we all know that we're affected by other people's energy as highly sensitive people and empaths, um, whether it's family members, or we're just going into a crowded airport, and we can kind of feel the overwhelm. And I wanted to talk to Missy to understand a little bit today about how our energy gets affected by the world around us. And not only by the world around us, by our upbringings, um, by our ancestral lineage, by all sorts of things that happen in the world to us. And um, what Missy and I talk about today are a variety of things. She breaks down how she came to her career as an energy intuitive and what being an energy intuitive actually means. Um, she talks about what energy is, how she sees it, and how she is able to work with it in clients. Um, she talks about the concept of the energetic blueprint, which is setting the foundation for either a particular goal or way of being in your life that you want to be intentional about. She gives us several practical tactics for protecting our energy. Um, my favorite was the one she calls, I think, the permission rose, <laughs> which is so fun, and you'll have to listen through to figure out what that one is. And I also talk about my own experience of energy, um, what I do to clear my energy, ground my energy, protect my energy, things that I've come up with intuitively. I talk about my energetic hygiene routine in here as well. Energy is a hard concept to talk about practically. It's very real, but since we can't literally see it with our own eyes, it's hard to talk about it in very tangible and practical terms. Um, Missy and I do our best in this conversation, and I invite you to open if you're if you're curious about energy and how it's affecting you in your life. I encourage you to open your mind and your heart about this conversation because, as a highly sensitive person, I've found that working with energy has been one of the more powerful uh, tools I've used in my life, whether I am working with a Reiki healer or somebody like Missy or uh, a home energy expert, um, really, I've started to understand that I do best in my life when I clear, protect, and ground my energy. And things start to come my way and unfold when my energy is well taken care of. As you'll hear in the introduction, um, I talked to Missy about energy as feeling like a, a drain. 
And I think highly sensitive people have highly sensitive uh, drains. So picture a drain and our past uh, ancestral traumas that we've inherited, childhood trauma or woundings, and then conditioning of day-to-day life are kind of the things that are blocking our energetic drain. And when we make the decision and take the effort to clear our energy, whether practical things that we can do on our own or working with a healer such as Missy, we begin to clear that drain and things begin to flow again in our life. So that's kind of how the best way I can explain it. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. You'll find all of Missy's links in the show notes, find ways to work with her and her Instagram. She has a free energy clearing meditation on her website that um, I will link to as well. And I really encourage you to check her out. She is a gentle and beautiful soul, um, somebody who came to this, this work after uh, a, a, a substantial career in uh, television and, and film. And so she has worked in television for a long time and denied her, um, maybe not denied, but she had to repress her talents uh, in energy and in spirituality since she was a very young child and came back to it later in life, which is a beautiful story to hear about. Um, so I hope you enjoy this conversation with Missy. And if you are wanting to Talk more about energy. Ask me any questions. Feel free to DM me on Instagram at Catherine D or sorry at Catherine Andrews or email me at Catherine at Catherine D Andrews.com. And I'll talk to you all soon. Okay. Welcome, Missy. I'm so excited to have you today on the Sunday Soother. You call yourself an energy intuitive. What does that mean? So I used to call myself an energy healer. That's why I called myself for a long time. And then it started to um not resonate so well, because it started to feel that if you're going to someone to heal yourself, that means you're broke, like it implies that you're broken or something's wrong with you. And that goes against everything that I believe, because I truly believe we're all born whole, worthy and powerful. So I started thinking, okay, I can't really call myself a healer. It doesn't feel right. I'm more of a guide. Um, So that's how I brought in transformation guide, but energy intuitive. I call myself that because I can see energy intuitively. So when I look at somebody, when I tune into somebody, I can see actual energy patterns in their bodies. So I can see energy usually like in the form of blocks. So blocks, energetic blocks are things like limiting beliefs, trapped emotions, societal programming, family conditioning, ancestral wounds, those kinds of things. We can see exactly where they live in your body We can see what they're saying or what they are. And we can also see what age you were when you trapped them in your body. So that's why I call myself an energy intuitive. I love that so much. And it's such an interesting career and calling to come to. Like, do you mind sharing a little bit about your path along to how you started this business, how you came to even, like, did you know as a kid you had these talents? I'd love to hear a little bit about how it developed. Yeah, so... When I was little, I could see energy in the form of spirits and different things. And when I was three, my grandmother passed away and I saw her after she she passed away. And I told my mom and my aunties, oh, there she is. Right. And they I saw the looks on their faces like, oh, my gosh. Right. (laughs) Very scary, strange. So I think I learned really early to shut it off because it wasn't normal or it scared other people. And I used to be scared of mirrors when I was little, like I'd be really scared of what I would see in mirrors. So I think I shut a lot of it off 
also, I'm actually super practical. So I'm a really practical person. I didn't grow up with energy healing. You know, it wasn't in my family. My friends didn't. It was nothing. It was outside of the realm of what was normal for me. But I worked in television for for years. I had a really great uh, career that I loved. And then one day at work, um, the director said, hey, Missy, it's time for you to move up. Um, I'm going to help give you a promotion. And out of my mouth came, no. I was like, ooh, that was pretty rude. I think that gets not normal for me to say that. But I realized, okay, if I said that, that has to be what I really think, right? That That's my real answer. So then I said, okay, that's my no. Then what's my yes? Because there has to be a yes in there. So I recommitted to my meditation practice and I started meditating twice a day. And I would just ask the same question. It's really important, the questions that we ask. The universe by law has to answer our questions. So I would ask every day, I'd say, show me who I am. And okay, it took four months, but finally I did hear like very distinctly in this ear, I heard it said, you are a healer. And I was like, oh God, that's not what I thought. And I that was just so far outside the realm of my belief system that I I ignored it, even though honestly, I could feel it in my body because our bodies don't lie. So I could feel that there is something true in there. But my mind I had all, so many limiting beliefs and conditioning around how that can't be true. That's not real. That's woo woo, all these things. So I discounted it. And then long story short, I was gifted an energy healing course by another healer. And she just said, um, you know, you can have this for free with a promise to, to pay it forward. So I also love that idea. And so I just studied and I studied and practiced and then started taking on clients and it, I never looked back. I had to do a lot of energy work on myself, but, but I finally accepted it. And now I love it because I get to do what I was born to do. So in between all those periods, between three and then however many years ago you started this career, were there ever any inklings? Were you like, ah, I, oh, I, maybe I did see a spirit or feel energy or shoot, I think I saw that person's energetic blocks, but you just like kind of ignored that as well? Yes. Like I could always knew if um, somebody was going to have a boy or a girl, like with pregnancies. And then I sometimes could see like auras or like light. And I definitely have a lot of experiences going into places where I actually saw ghosts, which really scared me, um, but like in hotels or <laughs> places. Yeah. Scary things. Well, I thought it was scary. Now, now oh, it's yeah. Not. I mean, I, I'm so curious about this because, and, and I want to talk more about like the practicalities of defining like what is energy and how you see it. Cause I don't visualize, I have, um, I don't see things other than what's in front of me. It's, it can sometimes be referred to as aphantasia. So when I close my eyes, it's just black. Uh-huh. And I've often wondered, like, if I also had a similar a lot of like really intuitive and highly sensitive people are very tuned into energy and to spirits and it can get shut off really early in childhood. And I wondered if I just like shut down my third eye at some point when I was a kid and I don't see things. So when you talk about seeing a ghost or a spirit or energy, could you just like explain to me what that even looks like? Is it like when you're seeing a spirit, are you seeing like a woman in a pink dress with gray hair or when you're seeing an aura, what does that look like? 
So, so auras are kind of, you probably see the picture, but it's color. So you can see color around like the person. And when I see, okay, so, so when I work with clients, not every time, so I'm not a medium, like one of my friends is like, it's amazing medium. I can't make it happen. It's just sometimes they will come in. This does happen a lot, especially in a session. If I'm doing a session one-on-one with a client, oftentimes if we're working on something inherited or ancestral, almost every time ancestors will start coming into the session. So I do all of my sessions without looking at the person. So I do them on the phone so I can read better with my third eye. And so I'll just see them come in. Same with when we do the small groups, I'll see everybody's ancestors or guides come in. And it's not, it's for me, it's more like a a knowing and a shape. So I'm clairvoyant, but I'm also, you know, clairsentient. Like I just know, oh, that's um, Catherine's grandmother, right? I just know it. And I see like a shape or I might see like a little, a lot of times I'll see something really little or I'll see something big. So it's kind of like a more of a generalized shape. And then a knowing that that's that person's great grandmother or who it is. So it's not necessary. Well, one, my grandmother just passed away a year and a half ago. And I don't know if you meant that literally, like you've seen her in a session, but um, that felt really special to me to hear you say that. I have seen, I saw her in a session with you. Grandma, she was like, I was with her at her moment of her death. And I I haven't talked a lot about it, but that was probably one of the more profound spiritual experiences I've had. And that's, it still is, you know, very emotional connection for me. Um, So you're not, thank you for answering so practically, because for me, and I think sometimes energy is so hard for people to understand or, or mediumship or seeing ancestors, because I think some people have an idea. It's like that, that is person is literally just in front of you in like the last robe that they wore and they're looking at you just like they're in the room. And I think some people maybe see it like that as literal as that, but I think it's much more abstract in a lot of ways too. Yes. And okay. So that's a great point. Yes. So my friend would see it that way, like, Oh, she's wearing a hat and this and that. But what I would say is that my gift is clairvoyance, but your gift. So you said you can't see your gift might, might be different. It might be clear audience. So you might hear your ancestors, or you might just know in your gut, or you might smell something like knowing your ancestors, they are getting information through taste or there's so there's actually um, nine spiritual gifts. And so we can work, you know, when I work with a client, we can test and see what are your spiritual gifts. So it's not just clairvoyance. So it's not just seeing, you might just know, oh, I just know my grandfather's right here. You just know it. Even if you can't see it, it's the same gift. I mean, it's a, it's a, just a version of, of, of a, another gift just because I see it doesn't mean that's the only way. Mm, Yeah. I love that. So let's tell me what the hell is energy (laughs) because I know what it is to me and maybe I can explain like my interpretation of it. Um, And obviously there's like a quantum and scientific explanation of what energy is as well, but I can just give my personal lens on how I experience energy and how I think of it. Um, especially in regards to highly sensitive people, because I think this is something that we were not taught about and it, it, it inordinately affects us as highly sensitive people. Um, and for me, energy is just, it's like dust (laughs) It's kind of like, and some people are really dusty and dust is really attracted to us. (laughs) And 
Um, there's good energy and then there's heavier energy. And for me, I think of myself and my clients as walking balls of scotch tape moving through the world. That is like a dust bunny central under a couch. And we're like attracting other people's energy or buildings, energies or spiritual energy to us. And, you know, we're not able to distinguish between like what is our energy and what is other people's energies. And so we're often carrying an energetic load that's not ours, but we don't have the ability to discern. And so I I use the scotch tape metaphor, scotch ball of scotch tape metaphor. I also feel like my energetic system is like a drain and it often gets clogged up. And when I'm doing my energetic hygiene practices, which for me include EFT tapping, um, home clearing, an element of feng shui that I kind of have adapted intuitively, taking salt baths, um, meditating and grounding and being in nature, that clears my energetic drain. But when I'm not doing those practices, my drain is just blocked. <laughs> and it's like all this crud is in there. So those are my two metaphors to kind of explain how I think of energy. But I'd love to hear like how you experience it and how you work with it and, and what it is. Yeah. So yeah, the sink metaphor, that's that's always a good one. So to me, energy is the motivating force behind everything. It's in us. It's around us. Everything is made of energy. And that's why if we really want true transformation, we have to start at that energetic level because everything, in fact, quantum physics will tell us our bodies are 99.99% moving particles of energy. So it's really that energetic piece that we need to work on if we want to create anything in our lives. So the thing is that most people don't realize that the non-physical aspects of ourselves, so our thoughts and our beliefs and our emotions, um, our stories, they have weight and they can be found in specific places in our body. So a lot of the energy that we carry, especially as highly sensitive people, is other people's energy or these pieces and stories and beliefs that we've carried in our bodies. And there's a reason why. It's because we forgot that we have seniority and authority over our own energy field. That is the main reason. So if we think about our energy bodies, we're, if you can kind of imagine an egg, so say our physical body is the yolk of the egg, and then we have our aura or our energetic field that extends all the way around us. That's maybe say the white part of the egg. And then we could say the eggshell is our energetic boundary. So it's like our um, aura filter that's all around us. So we kind of walk around like eggs, right? (laughs) And what we forget is that we are in charge of all this part. Everything from the inside the shell all the way in is ours. And that means we get to decide what thoughts we think, what beliefs we take in. We have seniority and authority. That that's the main reason that we take in too much is we forgot that we're in charge. Yeah. Beautiful. And so like, how can that adversely or, or positively impact us one way or the other? Yeah. So your sink metaphor is really good because I see it the same way. So when I work with people, one of the main issues that I see how we're getting stuck is exactly that. If we have a sink, so imagine we had a sink and the drain wasn't working properly you would have a sink full of stagnant old water, nothing moving. Even when we turned on the faucet to get new fresh energy in, it wouldn't wouldn't go in. We'd be stuck. 
right? We'd be stagnant. So the main thing, the number one thing I would work on first is releasing, unclogging that drain. And that drain is our grounding cord. So all of us have an energy body. Part of our energy body, besides the egg I'd explained, is a grounding cord that goes from our root chakra or our tailbone, drops straight to the center of the earth. And this is how our body naturally releases energy. So we'll do it on its own. But if we haven't really paid attention or maybe we've been around a lot of people, or maybe we never even looked at it, we didn't know we had one, I'll see it's clogged. And so that's why nothing new is coming in. That's why it can be hard to get new opportunities like new jobs, new relationships, money, anything that the universe wants to bring in through us, which is always available to us, simply can't get in. So that's why we feel stuck. So the number one thing we would do is is uh, work on your grounding cord. And really, you can do this yourself. You just drop it. You just kind of like a lizard. If you <laughs> cut off his tail or whatever, he'll grow another one. Kind of same idea. We can just drop our grounding cord and create a brand new one. And we just can imagine it there, make it big enough and wide enough to release. And I do have an energy clearing meditation. It's free. You can go on my website. You could use it, but I'll guide you through that process. That, that would be the first thing to do. Yeah. And when I had first encountered you, so I had heard you on the Manifestation Babe podcast, which is how I came across your work. And I downloaded your um, that meditation that you're talking about and I did it. And it literally felt like in that in that part when I was setting that intention to drop my grounding cord and then release the energy down through it. The best thing I can say is it felt like I pulled a plug in the bathtub and I could feel some of my energy like coursing down my body and being released through my tailbone. And it was a delightful experience. <laughs> yeah. And even just doing that frees up space. So if you think of it that way, right? If you got a plumber in there and you know did the drain, now everything's free flowing. And that's the way that we want to be energetically. What energy comes in through our crown. So new ideas, inspiration, abundance all comes in through the crown. And it, our energy comes through our bodies. I don't need to go into it now, but a very specific way. It goes down the back, up the front, and it comes out. It, it does something very specific. And we could say it's a, it's self-cleaning when it's on its own. Mm-hmm. We're constantly moving energy through our bodies. That's why we want our energy to be moving, not stagnant. And how does energy become stagnant? I mean, from what I understand, there, there are several layers. Energetically, you could be holding on to ancestral or familial woundings and issues, in childhood, I think our energy and it's just trauma, I think would, yes. would I imagine uh, block your energy or make it stagnant. And then maybe just being around, just being a human in life, like being around other humans, having emotional issues. And then the collective stuff that's going on, that's really scary for folks. I imagine all of those can stagnate, but like, what are some typical examples you might see of how somebody's energy is really becoming stagnant or getting blocked? A lot of it. So two ways. So one thing is a lot of us have trapped emotions in our bodies and trapped emotions are literally look like your fists, like they're vibrating pieces of energy. And then maybe they're stuck like in your heart or your solar plexus chakra. And so we could give an example, say, say somebody had the energy, a trapped emotion of anger. So what that would look like, we'd say, oh, you have anger. Okay. Maybe you were four when you trapped it. And these trapped emotions are really trapped from a specific event at a specific age. 
And so you weren't able to maybe verbalize it or release it. So it just got stuck in a certain place. But then what happens is that becomes your go-to emotion. So maybe you know somebody who gets angry, like at the drop of a hat, that's because that anger is vibrating right there. And if we went in and we released it, they would feel more neutral. So really a lot of the work that we do is releasing emotions so you don't have that automatic response to something because it's just an old pattern. That's the other thing we find in here are patterns. So especially say ancestral patterns, you know, I had to work on myself a lot around hiding Mm -hmm. and that's ancestral. I mean, it came to me in many different ways, but one of the ways is not feeling safe. Um, My ancestors, maybe not feeling safe uh, to really show themselves. And so that pattern of hiding lived in my body and that blocks, that makes me stagnant because it makes me not want to show up or live my purpose, right? Because I have that pattern of hiding. And the other way are definitely limiting beliefs. Like we all create limiting beliefs. We can have limiting beliefs, like really the moment you're born, actually the moment even you're in the womb, but as you come out, you start learning, oh, okay, what is life like here on this planet? So you start feeling and believing things right away. So one thing I learned in in my practice, I didn't really understand until I started looking is a lot of my clients have anxiety. And when I started looking back, I was like, oh, wait, this was at birth. And then I realized a lot of people who have anxiety had a traumatic birth. Like my daughter, she had a cord around her neck and, she, you know, she has some anxiety. So because if you think about it, if you're coming out and you're, you've got a cord around your neck, your first belief, even if you can't verbalize it, is the world is unsafe for me. Yeah. The world is not a safe place. So then you have that belief in your body and then you stack. So the way it looks energetically is then you stack more stories are more ways that that's true. Like you're proving it to yourself that, that it's true. Oh, the world's unsafe. The world's unsafe. I'm not safe. And you just stack those stories and beliefs on top until it becomes really big. Yeah. I mean, that makes so much sense. Um, because I'm, what I was just connecting in my head as you were talking was thinking about something you showed to me. And I want to talk about your small group sessions in a little bit, um, and how those work, but you said something like I have to, uh, for me. So when we're in these small group sessions, um, Missy is like, you know, you're, you're doing your energy work and you're also calling out, um, things that you're noticing about us as you're seeing you do your work. And I think you said for me something like Catherine, I just discovered, um, an energetic or emotional block around you have to hide yourself. So others feel safe or something like that. And it, just connected back to my birth, which was a traumatic birth for both me and my mother. I was pulled out by forceps. She was denied entry at the original hospital. She had a plan to be at. Um, she didn't get an epidural in time. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really, it was scary for both her and my father who are already kind of highly anxious people. And so, and then me, I'm just imagining my little self, like being pulled out by forceps and being like, what the fuck y'all? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, this is not cool. And um, also um, absorbing, especially because you're empathic, right? Absorbing your mom's emotions because your mom has been so much in fear and anxious. Dad or the doctor, or that's the other thing where we're 
pulling in and absorbing so much energy from everybody else. And so, you know, overwhelm, right, is one of mm-hmm. your emotions. So think about you coming out. That's pretty overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I definitely want to talk more about the small groups. But first, I wanted to ask a couple of questions because you talk about energetic blueprints on your website and in your copy. And you write, transforming your energetic blueprint is the fastest and most effective way to create real and lasting change in any area of your life. Can you just talk a little bit about the concept of energetic blueprints, why it matters, and and maybe other than working with you, some ways people can set their own energetic blueprints? Yeah, so if we think about what a blueprint is, a blueprint's really a plan or a guide or a pattern for a project, right? So we could say that every building has a blueprint, right? And so if you wanted to build a skyscraper, you're going to pull that blueprint, right? You're not going to take the small ranch house blueprint because it will create something different. So same idea, we're all born with a blueprint. And when I say blueprint, energetic blueprint, I'm not saying like everything's set in stone, like you don't have free will. Of course, we have free will. But what I mean is we're born with certain gifts and talents and um, things we like, things that pull our hearts, our desires, right? So that's all in the energetic blueprint. But if you can imagine this, so say you you had an energetic blueprint for a building, and then you give it to the builder, but maybe it has an an overlay where somebody like took a marker and like scratched some things on it. And then someone else put another overlay and wrote some things or changed some things. By the time the builder got that, he would or she would be so confused. Like, how do I build this? This is very confusing. (laughs) This is not the original blueprint. So that's kind of what happens to us because every living creature, not just living creature, but a business has an energetic blueprint. A house has an energetic blueprint. Your dog has an energetic blueprint. So every person has it also has an energetic blueprint that we're born with. And it's something that we don't really look at or talk about. But if we think about it, if we want to create the life that we desire, we need to go in there and look and see, okay, what is confusing in my blueprint, right? Because whatever's in the blueprint is going to be created. So I don't, does that make sense? That does, that does make sense. And I imagine that most of our energetic blueprints are kind of unconsciously created. And so perhaps part of this work is creating just simply more intention in our life. Yeah, really good point. Yes. And it's really releasing. So I was talking about those layers where maybe there's scribbles on it. That's another way to think about all our limiting beliefs and things because they're not authentic to us. Our beliefs that we get from our family might not be our beliefs, our true beliefs or beliefs that we get in society, you know, so all those things might not be true for us. So when we get rid of those, what we're left with is our authentic self, our authentic blueprint. And when we move from that place, that's when everything's so much easier, just there's mm-hmm. more ease and all the doors open. It's very, a lot of the synchronicities happen. So yes. So to work on your blueprint, We really want to be clearing. So I would say the easiest thing to do is start clearing your energy. So meditation, as you said, Epsom salt baths, some salt is really good for clearing energy, a beach if you're near the beach, but also we can clear energy when we journal, when we exercise, when we sing and laugh and cry, all that expels energy. When we talk to our best friend or a therapist, right? That all gets energy out. We we mainly want to get it out of the body and just out somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want to 
dump it on somebody, but we want to get it out of the body and allow uh, these blocks to naturally release. Yeah, I love that. And I want to dive in a little more into some of these hows. Um, But to come back to the concept of the energetic blueprint briefly, before we started recording, you and I were talking about like, um, I'm in the process of, of purchasing a house and moving and you were like, oh yeah, your move will have an energetic blueprint. And I'm like, the blueprint is a little rocky. <laughs> and so like, could you explain? And then I have a business question too, to kind of ground the concept of energetic blueprints. Cause you mentioned also businesses have energetic blueprints or maybe business offerings have um, energetic blueprints. And I have a lot of entrepreneurial um, and self-employed people who listen to, so I know they'd be interested in that. But um, so my my move, the process of my move, I'll dive into it at a future point because it's too long of a story to tell today. But there have been like, it's mostly going okay, but there are some elements of surprise and chaos in it. Um, and I'm really, my what I'm trying to do is just steady myself around it and understand that I don't have ultimate control on how it works out, the purchase of this home. But how, I, I'm trying to formulate what even is the question I'm trying to ask is, did I come into this move with an unintentional energetic blueprint that might have some instructions for a little bit of um, difficulty in it? And how could I shift that if so? So part of it is anything that shows up in our lives is there, right, to show us where we need to heal. So any trigger that comes up is a, a gift because it's like, oh, okay, great. I know exactly what I need to heal. So for you, if you're feeling unsafe, or overwhelmed or fearful about the outcome, that is definitely a pattern that's showing up in this experience for you to heal. But some steps you could take would be making sure that you yourself are grounded, right? So you're grounding yourself to release any of your own patterning. Mm -hmm. But then you also can do this like in meditation where you create, basically you, you imagine the energies that you want in your move. So I guess is the easiest kind of simplest mm-hmm. way to talk about it. Yeah. And, and like, what does that represent? It's safety. So think of all the things that your new house will, the energies of that new house for you. And then you want to add to, so I sort of do it in a bubble. So I create the house. So I would see you and your house, anybody else who's going to move in. And then we put in the energies uh, that you want, like ease, you know, um, a good interest rate (laughs) in there, right? The the flood insurance, right? You can put all that stuff in. And, and then you, we would ground that bubble and we'd look at, I mean, I mean, oversimplifying this, but we would look at the move and Mm -hmm. the house, if there's anything we needed to release. And Mm -hmm. we would also tie you to, we would connect you to your home. That that's another one. Like, and we, we can connect ourselves to objects, like if things are lost, or you, we could connect you also to your ideal house. So it, I don't know, maybe it's not that one. I'm not saying that it's not, but we want to connect you to that the right house. Right. Is how we would put it, right? Because what we're doing is we're also opening up the field to possibilities to let the universe come in and bring you ease to your house. Same with a business. So so a business, we would set it up like, uh, so you have your business. So we would set up your business 
Also with like a beacon on top that's calling in intentionally all your right audience. That's like super important. Like people wonder, well, how come I'm not getting my audience? Well, you might not have set out that intention to let everybody know. It's kind of like a broadcast, like right above your business's head, basically broadcasting out, oh, this is what I do. This is who I help. You know, we all do that on our websites, but have we done it energetically? Mm -hmm. We have to do that first, even before the website. I would say the most important thing if you're starting your business is setting up your energetic intention and your blueprint, calling out to your audience about how you can help, what you offer, because mm -hmm. otherwise people don't know. And then you do all the other parts. Secondary is the website and all those things. Yeah. So energy is like kind of the foundation in which you're building anything in your life. Yes. Because if we think back to building the building, the building has to have a blueprint. Otherwise, how is it going to be built? Right. Yeah. Everything's right. So same thing. We, our business, everything needs to have an energetic blueprint, which is a lot about intention. Yeah, I love that. So I teach um, business and dating for highly sensitive people. And one thing that I think I, I've said this and hearing you say this, like really helps give me more um, examples and understanding of it. But I often point out to them that they're coming into dating energetically closed or they're coming into business energetically closed. Like they don't actually want to date energetically. They're, there's something that has been shut down or wounding for them. And so they're broadcasting a message that's basically like, stay away. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, okay. That's so good, especially in dating. So a lot of the blocks that I find on people are actually called that. They're called broadcast messages. And a broadcast message is actually a subconscious message that you're sending out to other people. And you probably, and you most likely don't know it. And you started doing it at a certain age. We can tell like what it's saying. So for example, you could say, be sending out a message, you're dating, but it actually says, reject me. Mm -hmm. And then you, we all lead with our energy. So even if we don't like believe in energy, we're still reading each other's energy because we're energetic beings. So our, we read what our energy says is more important than what our words are saying. For example, you can probably remember a time where maybe somebody was saying, trust me, you can trust me, but inside you're reading their energy. Like, no, I cannot mm -hmm. trust that person, right? It's because you're reading their energy, not their words. So same thing. If we go into dating and where we haven't healed this part we might have this old message from maybe we were really little or maybe we were dating as a teenager and it's reject me. And that's the message coming out. And so we want to get rid of that. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Um, so I've been to probably like three or so of your small group healing circles, which I highly encourage everybody to check out. And what, how, I, from my perspective as a participant, what happens is like, I come in with a particular issue to work on, like control or fear. And I just kind of feel better afterwards. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm in a good mood for like a solid three weeks. I feel like after uh, the sessions and I was just wondering how, how, what are you doing in the sessions and what does it look like from those, from your side and how are you clearing people's energy? Like what is happening? And I highly recommend everybody like check out Missy's website, which I'll link in the show notes to sign up for some of these sessions and experience it yourself. But I, I'm so I'm so interested in the how you can see of like energy work because it's such an abstract concept 
in hard to ground for people to understand, which I then think makes people not believe in it as much. And I really want people to believe in energy work because I've seen how helpful it has been for me personally. And so I'm just like, tell me the how so people can like understand this in their heads. Yeah. And honestly, I'm super practical. So I was like, same thing. Like, I don't, this is made up stuff, but now I don't believe that at all because I've seen those transformations. So the way it works is in the small groups, um, I'll have you fill out a questionnaire first about what you want to work on. And then I will tune into you before the session and um, show right back to you. Here's your energy block and here's a trapped emotion. And then when we come in together, we set up the space energetically where we're sort of in a circle together and we're joining our energy. So anything that clears for, say, Catherine also clears for the other five people in there. So we're really working on a group energy. Everyone's bringing their stuff there. And so as we start journaling, so remember I said one way to release energy is through journaling. So what we do in the session is we journal about the pieces that I gave you that I found. And as, so then I sit there and I kind of watch. So it's like you're a catcher or something like, okay, I'm going to catch what's coming out. So as you are journaling, another way we could say is where you said dust. So kind of like dust is coming up. So energy is coming up. And then I'll just kind of find the pieces that are most needed. Some of it just gets released, but if there's something that's really important, then I'll say, okay, Catherine, it's this, or, you know. But how can you like that. see that information? Does it like a red ball come out of me with the age of four or something? Or, cause what I've experienced, and sorry if this, you're just like, yeah. it's, it's probably a more <laughs> intuitive process. And I'm like, tell me how, <laughs> but it's <laughs> like, cause you I'll come in and you're like, oh, Catherine, I'm noting for you um, the trapped emotion of overwhelm. And it was discovered, uh, it was trapped in you at age four. And I'm like, how does she know that? Like, and <laughs> is, is there a signal or you just, you just know? Okay. So that's a really good question. So I'm, I'm trained as an intuitive healer and I'm also trained as an emotion code and body code practitioner. So I have different tools that I pull from. So a lot of the work is intuitive, then backed up with the motion code and body code. So for example, if you're, so if I was looking at you, I would sense, oh, okay. I would see or sense, oh, there's something stuck in the heart. So that's just intuitively, you see that or know Mm -hmm. that. And then I would get a feeling for it. And I might see you at a certain age. Mm -hmm. So, so like suddenly you at age five kind of presents itself. And I just know, oh, that's Catherine at age five. Oh, she looks sad or overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So I'll kind of get the idea, oh, that's sadness or overwhelmed. Then I will use emotion code or body code to uh, narrow it down. Like mm-hmm. I could see she's young. She looks under seven, but the emotion code or body code will tell me the exact age. Oh, she's actually five. Okay, mm-hmm. great. She's five. And I use muscle testing and then find out I can whittle down that emotion, even though I can sense she has overwhelm and sadness or fear. I can sense exact, I can find out, narrow down exactly which one that is. Mm-hmm. That, that yeah. Makes- that makes a lot of sense. And I'll have to have you back for another, because I think emotion code is something I only know a little bit about. And it's um, obviously like seems integral to your work. Uh, and we could do like a whole episode probably on that as well. Um, Okay. That makes it so interesting. I I love those small groups and it just, I've always so curious, like, what is she doing (laughs) and why do I feel so good afterwards? (laughs) Well, and then once we go through everybody's things and you guys are also releasing energy through the journaling, 
then we turn off our cameras and we I lead you through a group meditation. That's actually where we're really doing the clearing because then my intention and I'm watching you. So in my third eye, I'm watching all of you. So I'm making sure, are they grounded? Are they connected? Are they releasing these things? Who's around them? And that's when I lead with intention. Okay, now we're going to clear this. We're going to clear this. We're going to clear all of it. And I watch to make sure what's happening. It's not that I can make it happen, but if it's showing up, that actually means your body. The reason it's your body's showing me that is because it's ready to go. It might, you know, say we found overwhelm from age five. That doesn't mean there's not overwhelm from age 13 or another time or a place in there, but age five, that one is ready to release. Otherwise I wouldn't see it. So that's why I feel confident. Like if you're, if, if your body wants to show me, then it's ready to go that, that piece is ready to go. Beautiful. And I know this as um, somebody who's trained in Reiki, but what I think a lot of people also get stuck on is like, you're in California. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. And I'm here in DC. Like, how are you doing this? Yeah. So everything's energy, right? We're all connected. So we are connect. Like you might've heard of being corded to somebody, Mm -hmm. right? That's you're energetically attached to somebody. So we're all actually attached to each other. So quantum physics will tell us, right, with intention, we can move this piece over here, move that over there. So it's, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a quantum physicist, so I can't say all I know is it, it, it works. We yeah. can do, and it's not just me. I, I can do it, but other people can do it too. You, you can do it too. Yeah. Well, the best way I've ever been able to describe it is that like you and I are talking right now, but we're not in the same room and yeah you know, with the internet, we kind of are just like, okay, well, whatever that works. There's like data packets being sent over cords, but like energetically, the same kind of thing can be happening that I can be here in DC and you can be in California, but we're able to connect energetically. Absolutely. And it's also like, you probably heard this, it's a tuning into a radio. It's just a frequency of energy, right? We can't see radio waves, right? But if you turn to a frequency, we can both hear in the same radio station. Yeah. I love that. Um, so I know a couple questions I had from my audience were like, when we talked a little bit about this, um, what can we do to help clear our own energy on a regular basis? And a big thing for highly sensitive people, as I'm sure, you know, and empaths is like, how do we stop taking on other people's energy so much? Like, uh, the negative emotions of our partners or our boyfriends, or even just going into like, um, an airport and feeling the overwhelm of the energy there. Like, what are some very basic tips that you might be able to give, especially we're, you know, we're in November right now when you and I are talking <laughs> yes. holiday seasons coming up, there's travel, there's family, there's overwhelm. What might you recommend? Yeah. So a co- couple things. So for sure you want to set up your, we call it our space. That's, that's that egg around you. So you want to set up, make sure your grounded cords working, make sure you're connected to source energy above your head and making sure like, even if you, even if you just did this, even if you had a family gathering, you're going to walk in the room, visualize or see sense or feel, cause maybe you can't visualize, um, that boundary that you're safe within this boundary. So set it up. And maybe if you did it, I would highly recommend doing some kind of meditation or energy work that morning and just go into your meditation or just sit there and feel the edges of your aura, visualize them or feel them and know that you're safe inside of here. And then the other piece is you're going to want to make sure that 
your spiritual. So there's something called spiritual food, which is just like when we eat certain foods, we feel better. We want to be really conscious of the spiritual food that we're taking in. So for example, I don't watch the news because honestly, it just makes me fearful. And then I'm paralyzed. I'm of no good to anybody. (laughs) So it's not, I will read some things, but to watch it, it's just throwing all this energy at me. So we really want to watch what books we're reading, what, what movies we watch, the people we're with, that will also help strengthen our energy field. And then the last piece is there is something called a permission rose. It's something that I teach. Um, it's an energy tool. And it's basically cre- the, a rose has a very high vibration um, <laughs> symbolically. So it's the idea that we create a rose right in front at the edge of our boundary and we allow it to catch all the energy from someone else. So example would be, say you were sitting with your mom and let's just pick on moms. You're sitting with your mom at Thanksgiving. You're like, oh my gosh, she's like, I don't know, driving me crazy or she's criticizing me. You just imagine that rose right between the two of you and just, you can see, oh, look, it's just taking in, absorbing all mom's energy. It's not coming into me. I use this rose to absorb other people's energy. And then when you can kind of, it gives you something to do too, because you can kind of just go, oh, okay. Oh yeah, it's get. oh boy, that thing is getting wilted. Oh, it's getting <laughs> dead. So, so then you can take it and you, in your mind's eye, you take it, you throw it, you blow it up and you just create a brand new one. There's, um, that's something I teach. I also have an energy empowerment membership where we teach energy tools. That's one of the tools that we teach. That one was really important for me. I think it's really important for boundaries. It's important for empaths. Also, I have a, a boundaries meditation, which your your audience is welcome to DM me or send me an email and I'll send you that. You can also do that in the morning. Oh, I love that. And I, so those are like some great in the moment things. And I, something, this is just me personally. So I don't know if you agree with this or not is like, I think a lot about energetic hygiene, like brushing my teeth. Like I need to walk in nature every day and do EFT tapping and breathing exercises every day, whether I'm feeling good or bad, like, and that gives me a grounding, like for those moments that where there is inevitable overwhelm in life, or I'm feeling I'm, I'm in a big crowd. I do feel more grounded because I've been like proactively clearing and grounding my energy too. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Energetic hygiene is super important. It's something that nobody talks about um, because right, we're, we're taught how to brush our teeth and wash our hair. We do that every day, but it's really important to clean out our energy, especially, well, I would say set up your energy at the beginning of the day and then release all that energy, like an energetic shower at the end of the day. So like when I used to work on set and TV, I would have to come home and do a special meditation every night because you're around so many people and it's just a way to clean yourself off. Another piece that might be helpful is if you were feeling fine and then maybe you went to um, have lunch with your friend and then maybe she was complaining about a bunch of things and then you came back, you got back in your car, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm drained. I feel, I feel sad. I feel anxious. You're going to want to ask yourself, is this mine? Because you likely started carrying her energy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're so upset or anxious or we're like, no, that's mine. <laughs> so it's really, a, you got to ask yourself twice. So second time say, no, really, is this mine? And then you probably go, oh, I recognize that as my friend's energy. And then you literally 
can imagine that energy as like a ball or however you want to see it. And you literally give it back. So you energetically give it back to their spirit, give it back to them because we don't have to carry these burdens. So sometimes it's recognizing, oh, whose is this? Even that recognition piece of like, you know, fear, overwhelm, like you might say, oh, I recognize that's mom's energy. It's actually not mine, right? So just recognizing whose it is kind of also helps the process. Yeah. Why is it that like, um, this is so hard for empaths and highly sensitive people. Is it our nervous system? Is it just kind of part of the way that we're designed that we pick up on other people's energy? So, and you know, people are drawn to us too. People who want to kind of like dump emotions are are drawn to us is something that I've discovered personally in my life. You know, is that just kind of how the system works? Have you have any insight into that? Yeah, I think it's a gift. I mean, those of us who are empaths, it's a gift. We're given that gift for a reason. It's just, we forgot we actually have control over, it's about boundaries. So a lot of times maybe a child was born empathic, or maybe they really honed those skills by being born into a family where maybe the dad, let's just make it up, say was really angry. So you can imagine you're three, you walk into the kitchen and you have to learn how to read your dad's energy to know, ooh, do I back up? (laughs) Do I go back in my room or am I safe to be in the kitchen? So you start really honing in on other people's emotions and you're really learning how to read those things. But the piece missing is the boundaries that you don't have to take those in. Or if you do work like your work or my work, we have to set up a way to listen and to use our empathy, but not take it into our bodies. So if we go back to the three-year-old going into the kitchen, most likely that three-year-old learned how to read dad's energy by taking dad's energy and then putting it into their energy field and looking and going, oh, okay, I see dad's angry. But then they kept that energy in there. Mm -hmm. So we want to learn how to read other people's energy because if we're empathic, maybe, maybe that's part of our job or maybe we just are like that part of ourselves, right? We want, we don't want to be hurt by our gift. So we really want to learn how to read energy outside of our energy field. That's Mm -hmm. why that rose is so important or it's such a useful tool because it lets us read energy, but not keep it inside of us. So it's more neutral. We're just reading something, not feeling it. I love that metaphor. That really helps me understand kind of like how to discern a little bit more. Um, do you have time for one more question? I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'd love to hear any stories of transformations um, your clients might have experienced as a result of clearing and blocking the energy. Because if people are here, they're I would I would describe my audience. I'm a very spiritual person. Energy to me is like 100 a real thing that has has enormously tangible effects on my life when I work with it. Um, I think a lot of my audience is spiritually curious. And so it's nice to hear the stories of like how, when you begin to work on your energy, clear your energy, ground your energy, protect your energy, how does that transform your life materially? Yeah, we've had some really great um, transformations. So one of my favorites is my client, Dorothy. (laughs) She's super amazing. She actually released over a hundred pounds while we were working together. So I will say it's not something, it's not like I did it or anything like that. It's in conjunction She did a lot of work herself. We worked together and she was also on a a weight release program. However, she told me she'd been on weight release programs many times, like many times in her life and they never worked. And the reason that it worked for her this time is because we really worked on why is she carrying extra weight? And it's because she was doing a lot of fitting into other people's boxes. Like this is 
how you should be. This is how you should be. This is how you should be. And she became overwhelmed carrying everybody's expectations and emotions as extra weight. So as we work to release everybody's expectations and all those pieces, you know, it's like pulling them all out. She was able to release a hundred pounds. I mean, it's crazy. So that was energetic weight. We could really say. Oh yeah. That's so, it's so interesting. I remember having a friend who this is totally a tangent. Um, but her, she's older than me. So she's in her fifties and her mother passed away. And in the year after her mother passed away, she, she lost a hundred pounds and she was like, this was absolutely directly connected to the energetic weight of her mother's expectations on her or fear or something like that too. So I think it's weight's a tricky topic to talk about because I'm a big, I'm really behind the body positivity movement as well, or body neutrality or whatever works for somebody to talk about. And we live under such a society where women are so pressured to be thin. And, and then I think there is an element where sometimes you're carrying weight that's manifesting physically. That's, you know, it's not yours necessarily. And it's hard to discern and describe that too. Yes. And with her, so that's a really good point, but with her, the reason, and we, we worked on this, what is your intention for releasing this weight? And it was because of being able to move and feel better in her body. She, she would say, I just don't feel like myself. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't really about looks. It was about, so I could move so I could run so I could bungee jump. So I could do these things. Mm -hmm. So I love that piece. Mm -hmm. We also work with, so it always, our energetic work does manifest in the body. Like a lot of work with a lot of women who are having fertility issues. So do sessions and many of them became pregnant and had babies, which is super fun. But then also things like um, my client, Bina, she quit her nine to five job and then she became a coach, right? So, or my friend or my client, Lisa, she manifested her dream home on the beach. And then my other client, Sarah, she manifested like a move across the country and found her dream house in Nashville. So there's so many ways, so many things things can happen when we just open it up. And sometimes all it is, is opening up to possibilities. Mm -hmm. Like, can you even feel what that feels like? Oh, I'm open to possibilities. Like that feels like you're opening the door to allow what's supposed to come in. Mm -hmm. And you're attracting from that place of, of worthiness and openness. So sometimes it's just opening a door really like that's what it feels like. Yeah. And I remember when I came to you and started doing some of these small group clearing sessions, what I was really struggling with is a lot of resentment. And I feel like you must've just taken some energy off my heart because I, I know that highly sensitive people, at least the ones that I tend to work with struggle mightily with resentment. They have struggled with people pleasing. Um, they aren't good at expressing, we're not good at expressing our needs. And we're, and I think for a long time, we've held energy between our heart and our throat chakras because the resentment, we don't allow our throats to express our needs. And so it shoves the energy back down into our hearts, which gets like a huge block there. And my heart just, I remember after our first session, I was just like, the world is mad. (laughs) I felt like myself again, like I didn't have this heaviness on my chest and I've had to keep coming back to it. It wasn't necessarily like a one and done thing for me because resentment is something that I continue to struggle with in my life, energetically and emotionally. Um, But I just remember feeling like my heart is open again. And I I loved that feeling. 
Yeah. And resentment is always because we didn't hold a boundary, not always, but almost always because we didn't hold a boundary or somebody trampled our boundaries Mm -hmm. right when we were young or at any point in our lives. And then there's resentment. So resentment, releasing that a lot of of times it can be ancestral to resentment, holding on to resentments. But when we can release that you're right. In the heart space is all about unconditional love energy. And we, and the heart is the most magnetic really part, right? That's where we pull everything in. So releasing resentment in the heart is a big, that, that can really open doors for you using our voice, as you said, speaking up for our wants and our needs. And the other piece in there is worthiness, because when we talk about manifestation, anything we want to manifest, we manifest from a place of worthiness. So if in our field, there's a higher degree of worthiness and a smaller degree of anything else, like grief, resentment, overwhelm, whatever, we want to make that worthiness piece higher because that's, that's how we manifest. It's, it's the degree of worthiness that we feel. I will have to have you back on for an entirely different podcast episode about like a heart manifestation, because I think for empaths and highly sensitive people, we have had so many blocked emotions that come and weigh down our hearts, which, which is like our, our gift is to the world is our heart space and our hearts. And we have such a huge um, reservoir of love and empathy to pour out through our hearts. And it's also the magnet for the experiences and the material things in our life too. And so many of us learned so young that we had to close down that part of ourselves to stay safe. And so much of our adult and conscious work is learning to be able to open up our hearts again. And I've found personally when my heart is opening is more open um, whether you want to call it manifesting or synchronicities or just like things happen more easily. Syn- beautiful things happen in my life when I know my heart is feeling open. So in the last year, I've really made a conscious effort, not so much to like, I'm a, I'm a Capricorn with like a Virgo stellium. So I'm like goal setter. I can- <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> I love Capricorn. Um, <laughs> So I can set a goal and like really grind my way into it if I have to, but I've been focusing on clearing the energy around my heart and opening my heart and then letting whatever wants to come in and be attracted by my heart field be the thing that's supposed to be in my life, if that makes sense. Yes. And that really helps with the fear piece for for, for you, right? Mm-hmm. It's because um, it's dropping into whatever is meant for me, right? It's trust, really. That whole area is also trust. So trusting that what comes in is exactly the right thing for you. And especially as, as Capricorns, I have to work on this a lot too. It's like push, 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 push. Oh no, it's not enough. Uh, that stuff. <laughs> when we can just open up to okay, whoa, drop into, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. That is the most comforting phrase personally to me and what I try to bring into my field because then I just just walk through my day, my life knowing, I don't don't know, I may not understand it, but I know that I'm held and I'm guided and whatever's showing up is perfect for me. Yeah, well, I think that's a beautiful note to end on today. I mean, honestly, I could talk, to you about energy for hours. So um, thank you so much, Missy. Where can people find you if they want to, like, what is the best way to work with you or connect with you? Yeah. So I I have three programs. So I have an energy empowerment membership and that's really where I teach these energy tools. And that's just a, a yeah, membership. And then um, I 
I have the small groups that you spoke about, six people in a small group over Zoom. You can go to my website to see the dates and sign up through my website. And then I also work out with people one-on-one in a two-month program um, called Expansion. And that's when we really dive in deep and we work on whatever issues you want to. And that's really kind of like I'm holding your hand. We do this together. It's a partnership. We, we really work closely together. You can go to my website. It's really easy. It's missyenergyhealing.com. And you can follow me on Instagram. Same easy one, <laughs> Missy Energy Healing. And I, um, you can yeah find the links in the bio or go to my website. Hey, thank you so much, Missy, for being here today. Yeah, thank you. That's it for this week's Sunday Soother. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have a moment, go on over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. That's how other people find this podcast and the message of hope and compassionate personal growth I'm hoping to spread to many more people just like you. You can find me on Instagram at Katherine Andrews and find out more about The Sunday Soother at thesundaysoother.com. You can also check out my services, courses, and coaching at katherinedandrews.com. Have a great day ahead.